So um, just before we get started here, you know, some of you know I've been uh, out just in the neighborhoods just trying to meet our neighbors and introduce our church and things like that. And I've been getting some fun stories. A lot of times I'll, I'll take pictures of the fun welcome mats and things like that. But um, uh, this, this morning I just wanted to share a couple stories that I, that I thought were pretty cool from uh, this last week and the week before. Um, one of them was uh, I was knocking on some doors uh, last week up the hill here and uh, I think it's called Aurora Hills or something like that and I went to one of the doors and, and I met this guy real friendly and I'm giving him you know the picture of our, our family and inviting him and uh, he um, you know he, he said well thanks you know he said um, uh, I'm uh, you know he's like well I'm a pastor here and I said oh yeah what, what church are you with and he said well I'm one of the founding pastors with Southeast Christian Church here in town and and so we talked a little more and he um, He's been a pastor there for 45 years, and so we talked a little bit, and, and I told him about our church, and he was asking, he's like, well, you know, how big are you, and things like that, and he said, just to let you know, we started off with five families about 45 years ago, and now they're probably one of the largest churches in the Parker area right now, but he just encouraged me, he just said, you're doing a great thing, it's probably going to take a little time, but keep it up, and, and I just about was starting to cry, and I didn't want to cry in front of him, they're like, thanks, man, <laughs> um, his name... Russ McCracken, yes. Grandma uh, was, she was a part of the yeah. church. Okay, yeah. So Grandma she Margaret, was, who's around yeah, here somewhere, she's, she's here today, but yeah. She so I, um, I, I went back just this week as I was following up, and I said, "Hey, by the way, I'd love to get coffee with you and pick your brain." And he said, oh, "That sounds great. Not, you're not going to get much out of that, but you know." Um, <laughs> but so, anyways, we'll follow up. Another fun story was um, uh, yesterday. I was just out meeting some of the neighbors just over. Um, probably more Bradbury Ranch-ish. I know there's uh, neighborhood names and then there's like smaller neighborhood names and, and I don't know what the exact neighborhood name was there, but um, um, I, I'm going, meeting some people, some nice folks, got to this one guy who um, uh, we talked for a while and uh, he, same age as me, he's got two kids, they're trying to find a church. He's come from a Catholic background, has some Lutheran experience in there and so we were talking for a while, had a great conversation and and then I asked him, I said, like, hey, I noticed your neighbor next door here is a pretty big guy. Um, does he play sports or anything like that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that, my neighbor plays for the Denver Broncos. He's, uh, he was their first-round draft pick, Garrett Bowles. And, and so and I was like, oh, I invited a Bronco to church here. You know? So uh, I, I figured he's probably not going to be able to join us too many Sunday mornings. But they do, I think, have a Monday night game this week. But the guy was, he was enormous. You know, I didn't want to say anything at the time like, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? You know, you're a giant or something. You slay a whatever, dragons. Uh, but he was, uh, I, I've heard he comes from Utah. It's possible he's got some Mormon background and things like that. But, you know, I gave him, I gave him a pitch and gave him an a invite. So we'll, who knows what happens. He might tell the Broncos. Friday night, yeah. He might, he might tell, you know, the coach there, uh, you know, I, I got to go to church. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, yeah, we might invite him sometime to give us, the, you know, his his story or something like that. But anyways, it's it's been fun to get to meet to na- the neighbors here, and it's it's still been a step of faith. And uh, but uh, we're going to talk more about steps of faith we can all be taking. If anyone ever wants to join me, I would love to have you with me here. I think uh, my kids are a secret weapon. When I take them, I make sure they're smiling well and stuff like that. And uh, but some of the times it's just me knocking on doors, so I, I'd be glad to team up with you there. I know Drew's gotten to get out with me there before as well. But um, 
it's maybe a unique thing for churches and pastors to get out there and meet people, but I think God's been blessing, and I've been blessed by it as well. I feel like it's been growing my heart for the neighborhood and just going, I know faces and I know some names, and, you know, there's some things going on out there that are really challenging, and, um, you know, it's just been neat to get to be a part of here. But um, anyways, I'm going to share more about the Firehouse Church. You know, who are we? Where did we get that name? I think since we've, we started the church back in 2004 was our first location, and, and for me it's very familiar, you know, it's like I know the story, I tell it, but I think sometimes to someone who doesn't know the story, it's kind of like, what's the Firehouse Church? That is a strange name. There's got to be an explanation. Uh, I realized uh, we were on vacation uh, last summer, driving down by Alamosa, Colorado, we are going somewhere, and I saw a church that was called the feed store church and and it met at a feed store and I thought the feed store church meets that makes a lot of sense and I started thinking about that's kind of strange but then I was like but a firehouse church that meets you know that's kind of the same thing and and yet we don't meet there but we're a part of an association of churches called Great Commission Churches and you know you guys can look at I just took a picture of the website here that um, we're a set of churches that just has the value of planting and starting other churches to get the good news about Jesus out in other locations, other neighborhoods. You know, it's not uh, as large as some of the mainline denominations. I think we probably have a hundred churches in the U.S. We have churches in Latin America, churches in Europe, and churches in Asia. But, um, you know, it's, it's what we're a part of there, and, and you can take a look on their website if you ever want to. But um, I was a part of a church up in Fort Collins. I became a Christian in Fort Collins, and I had thought I was a Christian back in college, and I realized I knew Jesus died for the sins of the world, but I never really connected with, you know, I had sins, and he died for me, and I didn't really understand the good news about Jesus until I was a part of this church in Fort Collins, and they had a, a student group that they started about the same time I became a Christian, so I just jumped in with that, and, and next thing I know, you know, think people were coming to Jesus and getting baptized, and the church was growing, and my pastors asked me to leave my job with Hewlett Packard to work full-time with this college group to take a significant pay cut and things like that. And so uh, I prayed about it, and it seemed like the thing to do. And, and that was back in 1997. I, I jumped in with the group up there. But uh, after a number of years, became a pastor. And um, at Colorado State, there was a lot of, we had a lot of students that were coming in. They'd get their degree, and then they'd, they'd have to leave town to get jobs because Fort Collins only has so many jobs. And a lot of them are sought after, and so they had. So we decided we had a, a, a bunch of graduates that were looking for jobs. We said, what if we take a team down to Denver and start a church like ours in Denver? And so we came down with a, a team, a summer team first. Um, here's a picture. We called it Infusion, the Infusion Project, down in the summer of 04. And here's a picture of some people. You might not be able to see them. Some of you might recognize some faces here. This is, uh, this is me, and then this is Morgan back here. Morgan was only 17 at the time, so, <laughs> no, just saying, but, uh, so this is Graham, I'm holding Graham in my lap, where's Graham, right there, Graham is, uh, she was about, at this time, she was maybe two months old, something like that, now she's 13, so she's grown a little bit, Rory was about two years old, just had her 15th birthday yesterday, some of you guys from Parker, jo Johnny, you recognize this guy at all? That's Andrew. Yeah, yeah, he was a part of that summer program. But we came down and explored the land and thought, you know, seems like there's opportunity. There's a lot of big churches in, in different parts of Denver, but the downtown area seemed like there were opportunities. This is another picture. Some of you might know Brad is a pastor up at the Highlands location there, but he's holding uh, 
You guys know who he's holding? <coughs> he's holding Graham. So this, this is what Graham looked like back then. Back when we started the church, we had a, a lot of singles and couples. And we had in the entire church, there were three kids. And Morgan and I owned two of them. And, and there was one <laughs> other one. And so uh, things have changed over, over time. We have a bunch of kids nowadays and a bunch of kids at the other location. Another one. Here's Rory again riding, riding on the, the motorcycle on the back seat there. So that was back in the days. Real cute, Rory. That was <laughs> you were a cute baby or two-year-old. Um, anyways, you know, just to, to share with you uh, about our first location was in downtown Denver. You know, again, we had a summer team. They stayed at a place called Sherman Towers in downtown Denver. I don't think it's called the same thing anymore. It's down Sherman and 11th Street or something. Then... Uh, we started meeting as a church in our apartment. Morgan and I had the corner apartment down in a, it's called Commons Park West Apartments, downtown Denver, second floor right there, and that was, that was the church. Uh, shortly after that, there was a guy that worked for a marketing firm downtown on 15th Street in Little Raven, and so we, we met at the marketing office for a while, which was, was cool. They had some, some fun uh, stuff in their lobby there. Um, then we eventually we started meeting at the Metro Apartments down by the Rocky Stadium, and we met in their club room for a while because one of the deacons lived there, and so we, we had a good time there. Eventually we met at this place. Anyone recognize this building here? The, the Tivoli, downtown campus. We met on the sixth floor of the Tivoli, and so it was, you know, it was interesting. You had to ride the elevator to get there. It had a great view of the city. Um, but, you know, to get to the sixth floor to go to church of a small church, it was the elevator broke down once. We had the firemen had to <coughs> escort people out of the elevator because it was stuck halfway between the floor. That was one of our locations. Another one is a, there's an old church building, a historic church building in the Highlands neighborhood called the Asbury Church. And we met there for a while in the uh, kind of the garden level. Um, another place we met along the way was the Ramada. The Ramada, you might recognize this as right Spear and I-25, and you know our motto back then was we, we lacked nada at the Ramada. So it was uh, an interesting place to meet for a while. We, had, we used the ballroom and stuff there, and it was, uh, we, had, we had to clean up sometimes. The ballrooms were used Saturday nights for parties and Sunday for church, and so we got to make up the difference between the two occasions there sometimes. We met for a while at the Regency Student Housing, um, some of you know that it's, it's downtown there. It used to be a hotel, but it's now uh, a dorm for um, the campus there. And then eventually we found this beautiful building here. If you see, uh, it's a nice kind of off lime green color. And we, we were able, given the opportunity to renovate this in the Highlands neighborhood. And it was before the Highlands neighborhood was cool and trendy and hipster. It was before there was such a thing as hipster, I think. Um, and so... Uh, but we got this building and we made a deal with the landlord. Hey, we'll fix it up if you don't charge us rent for five years. And he agreed and he got a pretty good deal. There was a lot to fix. Um, but, you know, so the church in the Highlands location is still meeting there now. But, you know, just a little about our history. I have a map here, but really in the course of our first seven or eight years as a church, first seven years, we met in eight different locations. We were kind of like the, the traveling church. We had our, our tabernacle. We'd set up the tent and take it down. And we moved all over the, the downtown Denver area there. And eventually, we did renovate the building there. Um, and this is uh, our, our downtown location. And um, some of you, how many of you have been to the downtown location before? A couple of you have? Yeah. So that's uh, they're meeting right up there Sunday morning as well. But it's been fun just being down in the Parker area. When we, uh, 
met, we're meeting some of our neighbors. They, you know, we're trying to explain to them where we came from and stuff. And our church building in the Highlands neighborhood, there's restaurants everywhere. But it happens to share the building with a restaurant called Old Major. And it, it specializes in, I think they say, fine wine and swine. And so people who have no idea this neighborhood, I, I've thrown out before, have you heard of Old Majors? And my neighbor's like, oh, Old Major, that is awesome. And I talked to a guy in the neighborhood here last night, and he's like, Old Major. And he started telling all his friends about, yeah, it's got great you know, pork and da-da-da. But um, that's, that's where the building is up there. And uh, one of the pictures we have here on the side of the building, we have the Firehouse Church. And it kind of has our, our three words that we chose when we started to represent us. It's love, it's rescue, and it's transform. And so we're going to take a look at, at what that means because obviously we, we went on to start a, another location here. And we might recognize this. And we began meeting here, I think this coming February will be two years here. But uh, obviously this location does not look like an, an old fire station. And so sometimes people will be like, you know, why'd you keep the name if it doesn't look like Why don't you call it the you know, American Academy Church or something like that? But Really, there's a heart behind why we chose the name, besides the location. You know, honestly, it was seven years before we ever landed a building that ever looked like a fire station, so we had to have a reason that preceded that. And I'm going to share some of that this morning and, and how that might relate to us and, and who we are and, and where we're going. So um, let's see here. So love, rescue, and transform. We're going to just look at each one of those words here in a few verses and, and then talk about our plans for the fall here. But we'll start with love. Um, just a, a couple verses. Some of you know this verse here. It's um, whoever does not know God, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And 1 John 4, 8. But other places in, um, in the Old Testament and in the New talk about God, like this verse here about his love. It, it talks about it in a very passionate way. This one says, you must worship no other gods, only the Lord, because he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you. God created each one of us for a loving relationship, and he's passionate about you and your heart and your life. And, you know, sometimes you see movies where someone's like, yeah, you know, I'm married, but my passion is someone else, or they don't care. I've, I've seen different ones where people have open relationships where you can see other people, even in a marriage. And, you know, God's not like that. God wants an exclusive relationship with you. He wants your heart. He's passionate about it. And he has right to it. He created us for a loving relationship, and, and he is passionate. Other places, it says that God is a consuming fire. This one in Hebrews just says, Since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, because for God, for our God is a consuming fire. He's passionate about relationship with us. He's called a consuming fire. One of the reasons for the firehouse and the logo is that we wanted to be a church that was just centered on God and God's love for us and um, and so that was really one of the, the verses that we have our God's a consuming fire and we want we desire to know and experience and respond to God's love and that's that's a part of why we have the name that's a part of why we come together to worship God and and remind ourselves of who he is and and experience him as we worship and as we pray and you know at the heart of our church is a relationship with the God who is passionate about you and I now, another word we're going to look at here is, is the rescue part of it. Love, rescue, and transform. There's a verse, some of you might know this verse in the New Testament book of Jude, and it's verse 23, but it's talking about how to relate to different types of people, and, and one of the things it says, it says, rescue 
others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Some it says if their faith is wavering, you know, uh, help them and meet them there. Other ones it says just, just snatch them from the flames of judgment. Other one it says be careful of, of some, don't, don't get entangled in the sin that they're entangled with. But this phrase here just reminds me of the heart of the Firehouse Church. Um, we want to snatch people from the flames of judgment. And, you know, again, that relates a little bit to the fire, firefighters and first responders. And, and I remember a story back, um, it's back from 2000, August 2000. Um, we were, uh, let's see, geez, not yet married. I got married September of 2000. But I just remember hearing on the news one night the story about a firefighter in Denver there was flooding going on in the city, and this guy he was off duty, and his buddy, they, they were driving by an area where an intersection had flooded out, and so they got out to try to help and manage the traffic. Uh, along the way, there was a woman who was stranded in this flooding, and they were able to get like a rescue line to her and, and secured her rescue. But along the way, one of the firefighters lost his footing, and he was swept away into a culvert and went underground, and he eventually drowned. He lost his life, but he lost it in the process of rescuing and seeing another person's life saved. And, you know, I just thought about that at the time, and I just thought about how, as a disciple, we're called to follow Jesus, and Jesus wants us to lay down our lives to help others, and, and yet he's trying to help us be rescued from eternal consequences and eternal flames. Um, this guy gave his life to, to rescue this woman, and um, but, you know, someday she's, she's going to die, and, and she's going to have to face her maker, and and face potential for her sin or have found forgiveness through Jesus. And, but the spirit of that is the spirit of our church. We're on a rescue mission, and we've got to save people uh, not only from the dangers you know, around us like fires or floods, but we need to be warning people about judgment that's coming. And um, there's a couple of verses on that. Obviously, Jesus came as a part of a rescue mission. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, a thing I think about about that firefighter, I've come to kind of review some of his life. His daughter went on to become a firefighter in Golden, Colorado, and she works there. And one of our neighbors out to where we live, he, um, he knows uh, the daughter, and you know, he said sometime it would be fun to bring her and interview her and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that story... Firefighters in Denver have learned some lessons on, on how they might have been able to save the firefighter's life and, and due to some training and some things related to that situation. And, and he was heroic in being, putting himself in harm's way to risk his life, but it was an accident that, that he lost his life. And, but I think about Jesus and his mission to rescue us. You know, he came into this broken world and, and he did it on purpose. And he knew he was going to die. And he knew the people he created were going to reject him, and they were going to kill him, and, and yet because of his love, he came to rescue us anyways, and, and that's what he's called us to as disciples, and the Firehouse Church, you know, I just am constantly reminded we're on a mission, and it's a rescue mission, and, and that's reflected in our name, and so I hope you catch the heart behind what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, you know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, and again, there's this verse of rescuing others. And so really as a church, we, we desire to, two, two things we really want to do. We want to woo people with the good news about Jesus and his love and his grace and his forgiveness. And we want to win them with the good news. But we also want to warn them there is bad news if you don't get your sin dealt with. 
um, God will deal with it later, and it has eternal consequences. And, and so we want to woo people with the good news, and we want to warn them uh, about the bad news and the dangers of sin and hell. And so that's the heart behind our church as well. We're on a rescue mission. Next part we're going to talk about is just transform. There's a, there's a verse again that relates to fire that uh, as we were thinking through what to name our church and things that resonated with me a lot. I was studying Jeremiah uh, a lot back at the time there, but there's this one place where God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and he says, he says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock in pieces. But God's word is like fire. It's, it's something that can melt hard hearts. It's something that transforms. It's something that when God's word comes into combustion with our lives, things change. Things are passionate. And um, we want to be a church that's just centered around God's word. It's, it's living. It's active. All scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebu- rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. One of the verses I, I love on, on God's word is this one in Thessalonians here. He's speaking to this group that they brought the word of God to. Um, and he says, we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. You know, when God's word comes in contact with your heart and your mind, it begins to change. It begins to change you and work on you and, and convict and encourage. And we want to be a church that's just centered around letting God's word work on us. Another place that says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Other versions would say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We want God's word to renew our mind, to change us into new people, and into followers of Christ. Another last verse we'll just share on this topic is Jesus just said this. At one point, some were coming to believe in him. And he was talking to those who believed in him. He says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But we're, um, you know, just summarize the point here. We desire to be, a ch- to be and to make disciples of Jesus by using God's word to fuel us and transform our lives. And we want to be true disciples like Jesus said. Hey, there's believers out there, but if you want to be a disciple, you need to live by my word. It'll set you free but it'll also transform you into a true disciple. And that's what we desire as a church as well. So those are things um, related to the fire. You know, God is a consuming fire. We're, we want to rescue people from fire. And God's words like fire. It can transform us. A little bit on the house side of it, there's a good verse on, on house, firehouse. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is from the prophet Isaiah. But Jesus has this quotes this in the New Testament three times in the Gospels here. My house will be a house of prayer. And so the firehouse, God's the fire behind our house, and yet we want to be a house of prayer. where we're, We look to God. He's our lifeline to, get, to help us on our mission, to help us in changing and seeing our lives change and seeing the lives of others changed. And that's all done through prayer. And we love to incorporate prayer as much as we can into our church, into Friday nights. We're probably going to close with some prayer here this morning related to... Um, people that we know you know think of uh, Joey is down in Orlando trying to, to help out with uh, uh, the hurricane down there some of you might have other people we can be praying for but when we finish here today that's we're gonna close in some prayer here but we desire to just have prayer be the center of all we do here at the firehouse church some have said we, we use this phrase it's kind of coins a, a little bit about us but 
we, we like to think of ourselves as a family of friends on a mission together. You know, uh, we are the Firehouse Church family. We're not the Firehouse production or the Firehouse show or any of that. We're a Firehouse family. And, you know, uh, and we're a family of friends. Some people have family and, and you're related and you can't change that if you're biologically related. There's nothing you can do about that for better or worse. But this family, you have a choice to be a part of it or not. And, and we're a family of friends. We actually like hanging out together. Some families do not. Some families have to do it at Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't know what yours was like, but we're a family who's here by choice. And a lot of us actually like each other and we like spending time together. Sometimes people have a world where it's like, I've got church and is this world I just kind of keep separate from the people who actually know me? Because if you know me, you know, you might think I need God and church, but my church people know I go to church. My family wishes, you know, I went to church or something, but we, we think it's okay. We think God's design is to have a family of friends who are on this mission together, trying to follow Jesus, trying to rescue others as we've been rescued with the good news about Jesus. So um, one of the things I'd just love to extend to you is just let, we'd like to invite you to be a part of this family of friends who are on mission together here, and, and I hope that that's something that you would, would consider a, as we go. So... Um, uh, where are we going? Just going to talk about a few things this fall that are ahead of us, things to be thinking about here. Um, we started something uh, about a, geez, well, back in August, so how many, month and a half ago, uh, called the 90 Days of Faith. It's just a season where we're going to look to God for certain things that, that are going to require faith in our life and our church. Um, one of those things we were, we were praying about, really four things we'll just review here and talk about the some activities coming up related to them. But one of the things we're praying for is just that God would bring some breakthroughs in this 90-day period. We're about halfway into it. I think it ends roughly at the end of October. But we're just praying that God would bring breakthroughs in our lives, in our church. And we're going to do a series here. We're going to start a new series. Uh, I don't think it'll start next Sunday, but maybe the following. We're going to send a, a postcard out to the neighborhood where we've been knocking on doors and meeting people, but we're going to invite them to come to a series on breakthroughs. And we're going to be talking about breakthroughs from the book of Nehemiah. We're going to talk about breakthroughs related to relationships, breakthroughs related to finances, breakthroughs related to habits that we want to break or habits we want to start. But we're going to be looking to God to get some breakthroughs in our lives. I don't know if any of those subjects relate to you, or maybe you have another area where you think about, I could sure use a breakthrough with this. Maybe it's career or job related. But we're going to seek God to bring about some breakthroughs in our lives and, and bring about breakthroughs as a church. And so I uh, encourage you to be thinking about that and praying about that series and uh, preparing your heart for God to use it in your world. Um, another thing we're, we encourage people to do in this 90 days of faith is just to look for opportunities. Ask God, God, give me an opportunity to go take the gospel to someone. Take this good news. Take my story of what God's done in my life to someone. So we're continuing to pray that God would give us opportunities to do that. If you know someone that you go, well, I just, I don't know if I know how to communicate this message uh, about Jesus and what he's done. Um, I would love to assist you, come alongside you. If you've got someone, we could sit down and have coffee. One of the, my favorite things to do in life is just to share what Jesus has done for us, what he did in my life, and, and maybe help someone understand that and begin to uh, open their life to Jesus and, and the change he could bring to them. But we're praying for those opportunities. We're praying to grow as disciples here. Friday night is really, we've been meeting and we're starting, especially the next five weeks. We did the intro last week, but just how to grow as disciples of Jesus. We're going to look at different subjects and 
We're going to be talking about the bread and butter of a relationship with God, His Word and prayer. We're going to be talking about fellowship and giving and things like that that are a part of being a disciple of Jesus. So I want to invite you guys to, to join in on that. We're going to be taking just faith steps. We, we've asked everyone just to pray, God, what's a faith step you would have me take in these next 90 days? And I encourage you to just continue to, to ask God, what's, what's the step? Maybe it relates to some of these other things. It's going to take a step of faith to get a breakthrough financially or relationally. It's going to take a step of faith to, to bring the good news to someone who, who you want to see go to heaven and you, you, want, you don't want to see punished in hell and so um or or step of faith to grow as a disciple a few things we're going to be doing just as a part of this might be faith steps for you we're going to be doing a round of baby dedications so um we have i think we've added some babies since we last uh these guys got a kiddo i know uh, elijah might be in the mix here as well for something like that i got a, a an email from a lady in the neighborhood who received our invite to church and she just said hey I, we haven't been going to church for a while um do you guys do anything for like babies? I probably can't baptize them because I'm not in the Catholic Church anymore. But uh, and so I just said, hey, we do baby dedications, and we're going to try to find a date. So if you're interested in that, let me know, and we'll we'll do a round of baby dedications. Um, another thing we're going to be talking about is uh, we're going to have some guys here who aren't a uh, pastor who's paid by the church speak to the subject of faith and finances. Sometimes people can be like, well, you know, of course you're talking about finances because you know, you get paid by the church and you want to make sure the church keeps afloat, but sometimes it's fresh and, and healthy to hear from someone who's not paid by the church and who's had to take a step of faith with their finances and seeing God respond to it. And there's a couple guys I think we're going to have between uh, Johnny and Trevor and Drew probably just share some stories from their life on, on how their faith and, and choices with their finances has impacted them and, and things that might encourage you and steps you would take there. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about this fall, we're going to have a teaching one of these days. I'm trying to figure out where on the calendar it fits, but it, the topic's going to be where do pastors come from? You know, last year we did a series on where do babies come from, and that's why, um, that's why we're doing baby dedications this year. Um, it was a successful series, but we're going to talk about where do pastors come from? And um, sometimes people ask, you know, where'd you go to seminary and, and this and that, and you know, we, we believe certain things about the scriptures and how God uses pastors and churches and what he says in the Bible makes someone qualified for that. But we're going to take a look at that together. And, and our hope is in the process, maybe this fall, to even um, to recognize a pastor that God is raising up in our midst here. And we're going to talk about Drew and we're going to present him uh, before the church to maybe get feedback on it and uh, get a chance to, you know, to say yay or nay, to give a smiley face or a thumbs down. And, um, but we're going to review where do, where do pastors come from in our churches. And other churches have similar understanding of the scriptures as we do on this. And so um, another thing we're going to try to do this fall is just have a, a celebration event. After these 90 days are over, just celebrate what God has done, what breakthroughs he's brought about. Uh, has he raised up another pastor in this time frame? Um, we're just going to take some time to celebrate that. So that'll be a, we'll have some sort of a celebration Sunday, maybe in November there for that. But these are, um, these are things that are coming up this fall. And I'm excited to see what God's doing. And uh, I hope you would be getting excited as well and checking your own heart and see where, where are the breakthroughs he might want, want to bring in your world. And who does he maybe want you to share this good news with and steps he might want you to take here. But I think it's going to be... Um, an exciting fall here and I'm glad to be you know on this journey together with you guys here but I'm gonna go ahead and pray and we will call it a morning here
Uh, Heavenly Father, we do just uh, thank you again for bringing us together. We thank you for the plans you have for us. Lord, I pray that this series uh, coming up on breakthroughs would just be, be monumental in our lives. Pray it would be a watershed moment in the life of our church. God, you know the things that we're feeling stuck in. You know the things that we're getting sick and tired of. And we just ask for your help that you would get your way in these areas. When you get your way, that leads to a breakthrough, Lord. And so we want that. And, and help us just to be preparing and expectant of what you might do there. And Lord, we just commit all our plans to you this fall. And we just ask that we could see you do amazing things. And I pray you'd help each one of us to be getting to know you <coughs> and know your love for us. And help us to respond to your love with our love and with our worship. And just pray that we'd be known as a church who, who you're the center of that we have a relationship with a God who's a consuming fire, and, and that's contagious in our hearts. And we thank you again for this morning. Um, we just ask your blessing on all of this. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen.